Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team here till 6. And then it's coverage of Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Uh, elimination game, Golden State up 3-2, but the game is in Boston and the Celtics are favored uh, by 4. So, like, what what are you expecting tonight? I, I told you I thought, you know, I'd take Golden State in Game 5. I thought the home court would be the edge there. And quite honestly, I, I'm saying the same thing about Game 6. I expect it to be a, a very competitive game, but I think the, the fact that the Celtics are playing at home is going to push them over the edge. Sam, your thoughts? I, I certainly hope there is a Game 7 because then that would mean that we get the game that we've been wanting from Jason Tatum this entire time. It's a lot to put on a guy that's in his first Finals. But he, whatever happens tonight, he is going to be the, the topic of conversation tomorrow just as much as the Warriors. Honestly, even if Golden State wins, because that's been the story from the very beginning, has been Boston just as much as it's been Golden State, which I don't understand. There's a couple of possible theories why. Ultimately, I, I, ultimately I'm picking Golden State. They've, they've, they've kind of mucked it up. Every time they've had a chance to put away a series so far these playoffs, but I think enough is is swinging in their favor and also just against Boston that the series it ends tonight. I, I, um, Boston has played well against Golden State without Jason Tatum having monster nights. Sam, I mean, uh, I think that like the first game in particular when when Boston went into Golden State and won the game Tatum was not very effective. So here's here's what I'm saying is I think that if you took Jason Tatum out and you took Steph Curry out and looked at the remaining players that were available, I say Boston has an edge there. I, I really do. And it it is close. It it is close either way. Uh it all de- it really just depends on on who shows up and Boston game no game one absolutely game game one Boston based on what we saw through the rest of the playoffs Boston did in game one what we thought they would do but they the, the rest of the series even when they won game three the rest of the series has looked a lot different than I thought we anticipated going into it. All right, well, there's been talk about, hey, if you want to say you're one of the top five players on the planet, Jason Tatum, you know, this is the time to shine. Here uh, is what he had to say on what he needs to do to be better uh, than he has been, uh, not only during the game, but in the fourth quarter. I think, you know, I could be better at finishing. Obviously, I think I'm shooting the ball well outside, you know, the three. Um, but finishing, playing more off two feet, um, and just being more control, you know, attacking the rim, whether it's making a play for myself or, you know, finding an open man. So when I was saying, and just like Sam started the, the whole conversation about the focus on, on Jason Tatum, here's Richard Jefferson um, on, uh, you know, what's riding on this game for Tatum and Tatum alone. I don't want to hear this. Well, I never said I was a superstar and I don't know what else. Bro, you are first team all NBA. If you are a first team all NBA player, that means you are one of the top five players in the world this season. You need to perform in the fourth quarter. This ain't about a first quarter. This isn't about a halftime deficit. This isn't about your point production or going off of one leg or what. No, this is about in the fourth quarter with five minutes to 
ago in crunch time, what will you do? And historically, over the course of these first five games, his point production, his efficiency has been something that we have not seen from a superstar his caliber. So it doesn't matter if he gets to the fourth quarter and he can have a five for six, a five for seven game in the fourth quarter. He will outscore himself just alone in that fourth quarter if he has a great quarter. This is about late game production for Jason Tatum. And to that point, in the fourth quarter in this NBA final series, Jason Tatum is five for 21 with 16 points. So there is a lot that that is on him. And when when we played that clip of Jason Tatum, he talked about control. And I thought it, I thought it was interesting. Like, I think logically Boston knows what it needs to do, but there is still a lot of, of room left for them to grow, which is why I said yesterday I would totally be down for these two to do it again next year when Boston has that playoff experience. But that can, the, the control factor really is the biggest evolution in the series because Boston was in total control in Game 1. Their defense flustered Golden State. They were getting the rebounds. I mean, yes, yeah, Steph Curry had that big first quarter, but Boston really was in control of that game. Well, and, basically, it was, it was the fourth quarter that Boston just basically just flipped the whole game. Right, and that was, and, after, you know, it was yeah. and that was after Golden State had 38 in the fourth quarter, and then Boston basically did the same thing to them. But since then... Even you know, and game three they dominated the glass, but since then it's been it's it's been a lot of complaining to refs, Ime Udoka getting technicals that haven't really uh, lifted the team the way that you you, you want to do if you're going to be the coach that gets technicals. Like there is a lot more that Boston still has to show, even at home, even at home. There's still a lot that they have to show in a one game sample, given where the momentum is at if they're going to win tonight. All right, so. We were talking United soccer. Harry Schwartz, one of the players on United, uh, played, uh, grew up in Boston area, played at Northeastern, and he's a Celtics fan. He wears 33, not because he himself is obsessed with, with Larry Bird. It was just that his dad loved Larry Bird, and he wears 33. And he said that you know he hadn't been to a, a Celtics game lately at the TD Garden Center, but uh, he'd been to big games. He, he talked about Isaiah Thomas, not, you know, the... Isaiah Thomas from Indiana that was with the Pistons. The other Isaiah Thomas who played for the University of Washington and had a, a really hot streak there in the NBA. But he had some big, big nights in the Boston you know, Garden. Well, he says his friends have been going to these playoff games since they've started. And he said his friends are saying, hey, as crazy as it was back then, it's, it's nothing compared to the way it is now. So I really do expect a frenzy in Boston tonight. And, and that's where the, the Celtics have to ki- kind of keep the emotions in check. And as you mentioned, Imi Udoka is, is even kind of recognizing that maybe not only with himself, but the players paying an awful lot of attention uh, to the referees. In general, just too many conversations being, being had at times. Uh, feels like um, after foul calls or dead balls, free throws, timeouts, there's somebody talking to a ref. And so... Uh, Something we emphasized obviously early in the season had, and had gotten away from quite a bit, and so um, you know something we got to spend our energy on the game and uh, everything else going in between it, other than the referees. So uh, an area we can be better at for sure. And when that energy is going in the right place, Boston's as good as any team in the league. There is a reason why they're in the NBA Finals and why they still have a chance to win it. But Boston, the, when Boston gets on that roll of shooting threes and then they can just make seven, eight, nine in a row, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the numbers certainly wake, work in their favor, but it means that the team is locked in and, and they become one of the toughest teams to beat in the league. And that's that, that's the stuff that I'm talking about, The this where, where you just get locked in and nobody's beating you that night. That's what Boston has to find a way to to get a little bit more consistently, and the guy and that's where and the guy that's that that has that on him as much as anybody is is Tatum. Like I would almost Golden State might might welcome him shooting in the first quarter and then make their adjustments. But I, but if if he's going to shoot in the first quarter, what do you mean sh- might- sh- shoot is a very like general term when you're talking about shooting? Are you talking about like? Step back threes, or are they going to see? Because everybody's talking about where he gets analyzed is the fact that he doesn't challenge enough. He right. talking about going up soft and trying to get fouled, uh, and then Yudoka said, "Hey, when we're at our best, he's he's not only creating him shots for himself, but but others." So when you say they're fine with letting Jason Tatum shoot, what what do you mean by that? The the threes from the wing, and even the mid range jumpers that he takes, just anything that's not him going to the basket, like. Even even Clay Thompson, who is you know, you know the the stories have been there about Clay coming off the injuries, hadn't played in a couple of years. Every time I see Clay go to the basket, and part of that's just because of where we're at in the NBA that everybody's three happy. Even as I see Clay go to the basket, I'm like, part of it is oh well, look at that. That's an interesting I, thing that happened. But also <laughs> like, good for you. Yeah, that, I'm like trying to think in my head. When did I actually see that? I mean, I know he he got a, a good uh, you know a he's dunk. done it a few times a game, a, a, a few times. But it is it doesn't. But but again, I think that's as much about their strategy. I I don't think that Golden State wants you know Clay Thompson to square somebody up and and try to like you know break their ankles and take them you know where they no, the, the, but the Celtics to, do want Tatum to do that right just enough to put it and and it's the same thing for Tatum too because. When when he gets locked in shooting those threes, he's as good as as anybody as well. But it's just just enough to. Do you in. think he's? Do you think he is? Uh, do you think he is? I, I think he's better than Giannis at his size, and he's better than most his size. But but you can't put him in the same category as Clay Thompson as a perimeter no, shooter. No, no, okay, no, I wouldn't go that. No, okay, fair, fair point. Yes, okay. I wouldn't go to the the top tier level of right. of Steph and Clay. But for for you know for for that group of players that he's in, like. You know, with 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 Gian, you know, with Giannis or or KD or whoever you want to put in that group, he can sh- he, he's perfectly capable of it, but just enough to put it in the other team's head that they have to be ready for something else because Golden because the way that Golden State has made their defensive adjustments, it's become it, it, it's 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 added onto it. Because Boston offensively hasn't changed up enough. So, you know, you get to the basket just enough to make Golden State think, and you try to find the advantage there. Correct. Yeah. And I, again, I, I think that, um, you, you know, that what we see tonight at a, you know, is going to be Jason Tatum, hopefully, uh, because I do think Boston's going to win. Hopefully, it's a good game. But I, I do think that he's much better off, like, when he's. Like looking at those threes and throughout a transitional situation or some sort of breakdown in the defense where where he's able to kind of hide somewhere and get an open three look, uh, but they need more of like him just really trying to pound uh, Golden State and you know have success that way. All right. So um, speaking of Golden State, uh, Steve Kerr and speaking of Clay Thompson, um, he's been impressed uh, with what he's seen in terms of his 
improvement over the course of the series because uh, pretty average through the first four games or so, but a little bit more of a factor in these last two. The last couple games, he's looked great defensively. Um, I think uh, there's been times earlier in the playoffs where he's looked really good as well. Uh, but I do think he's improved as this series has gone on. So um, there was a foregone conclusion. I can't remember who is the one that said it. Magic Johnson, I think, even before game uh, five, to say no matter what, if Golden State wins the the finals, it's going to be Steph Curry's MVP. Uh, you know, and and so uh, you know there was still a few games to go, uh, but. I at first I was like, huh, you know, is it, he doesn't he have to have like three, you know, solid games again to in order to get it? But here's Doris Burke, um, and Steph got kind of hammered the other night because he was zero of nine from behind the three point line. But I looked at the stats; he ended with twenty three points, eight assists, and he grabbed a few boards. But here's Doris Burke on what's different about Steph in these fi- this final series. I think there's a maturity to what he's doing that isn't uh, necessarily being seen on the other side. And I keep going back to the fact that there's, you know, ten years difference between Stephen Curry and Jason Tatum. There's also six years final six finals appearances mm-hmm. difference. Like Steph just keeps playing, no matter the circumstance, no matter how he's shooting. Uh, no matter how much they're attacking him defensively, he just, in his own words, locks in and sort of keeps playing. There's a competitive uh, commitment there that through the all 48 minutes, he, you know, he's going to be there. And and to that point, just really quickly, to that point about Jason Tatum, that stuff does matter, and we are going to hit the reset button on him once the series is over, looking back on all those factors of first finals, 24 years old, so on and so forth, and there and that difference between him and, and what Golden State has, has gone through. But that but you know, what she's talking about with the the finals experience that Golden State has and what Steph Curry is doing on both ends of the floor. I, I really don't know why, but I, I think a lot of that has been either overshadowed or just, I don't, I don't know if ignored is the right word, but just surprisingly, like, we have to kind of throw that in there as, you know, don't forget about these factors that exist in this series. Yeah, I mean, they're there. Uh, once the game starts, who knows how much that you know, is is part of it. I mean, uh, well, we took Golden State being in the finals for granted, and and anytime the six and eight gets thrown out, it makes you it, it kind of takes us back to where we were a couple of years ago with Golden State. But it was also two years in a row the, of the missing, six and eight, meaning the six, six uh, finals, six uh, six NBA finals appearances in the last eight seasons, which is staggering. Which it, it is, and that kind of that that tends to maybe. Uh, bend the pers- uh, pers- uh, the perspective on things, but they've also missed the playoffs the last two years in a row. Cl- uh, Clay missed the last two seasons. They had to regroup from what ended up being a bit of an ugly breakup with Kevin Durant. Like there are those th- those elements that still exist. Well, you're right. I mean, uh, other than Steph Curry and uh, Draymond Green, because Clay Thompson had missed like 900 days of right. basketball. I I'm not sure how many. Average fans would have been able to tell you many more players on Golden State, like if we had asked them in the middle of the season. Nobody would have known Pool. Uh, you know, very few people probably would have been paying that much attention to Andrew Wiggins. Uh, right. It's not like these guys have six finals appearances in their careers. <laughs> no, no. And uh, so it, it shows you literally the 
you know, the value uh, is with what you're getting with the consistency at the head coach and Steve Kerr and then uh, Steph and, and Draymond, you know. Hey, how about that? How things change? I mean, we, we always talk I, you, the 24, 48-hour news cycle when it comes to sports. That really gets put on display in a seven-game series over the course of, uh, I guess it's been about 14 days or so where they're trying to, to get these all fixed in, fitted in. But, like, all we could talk about before Game 3 was uh, Draymond Green, and we haven't talked about Draymond Green in two games, and here we are previewing tonight's game and what Draymond Green is doing. You know, the agitator is a good, bad, or indifferent. And, like, tonight he's the one that's kind of under the radar, too. I'm sure once the game starts that won't be the case, though. No, because he, I mean, it, it was, what, it was, I forget if it was three, uh, Game 4. I think it was Game 4. When he had that little uh, run in with Jason Tatum, where uh, they, you know they they're co- together under the basket, and he's trying to uh, grab the ball out of uh, Tatum's hand as he's holding onto it like a baby, and then Jason Tatum just takes the basketball all the way to the bench during a timeout. Like those th- those mind games are are still there, but we actually have interesting basketball elements and especially now that it's an elimination game like we have the basketball elements to talk about in this series that stuff was just more interesting than the basketball the first couple games <laughs> right but but like the Draymond Green's numbers were terrible I mean he was getting pulled in in critical pos- situations he got pulled in game five so and he hasn't been really playing all that well I mean he he's one guy that was like utilized to shoot drive and kick threes and and he's looked really poor from the perimeter so you know he you know here he is like talking a lot of smack when his numbers were actually uh, below average he was a, a big factor though in their last victory uh, we saw more of what we're used to seeing about him you know filling the stat sheet yeah, his job is to just not lose the game at this point don't lose him the game don't lo- lose him the game and kind of be the like secondary or third uh kind of point guard there in opportunities to move a ball to get the ball to an open guy and then you hope when he's getting those wide open threes from the corner he could he could shoot a little bit better uh tonight than than what we've seen out of him okay uh so again we've got the nba uh finals tonight game six seven o'clock tip we'll go to coverage at six right here on espn radio 1017 the team